Okay, right, let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for just loving us. I thank you for uh, just calling us out, Lord, for uh, just um, basically uh, giving us purpose in life, Lord. We uh, we like to think that we're busy and we've got a lot of things going on, Lord, but uh, they're all things that are going to burn. And so, God, I do pray that the things that we do and the things that we touch are eternal, that they matter, uh, Lord, the, the Word of God and the souls of men. And if we're not making time for those things, then who cares how busy we are because it's a waste. And, uh, Lord, I do pray that uh, you just be with us today. Uh, thank you for the marriage conference and those who were able to be there and those who weren't and the word that was preached. I do pray that you would uh, strengthen the marriages uh, at HBF uh, so that uh, we could just be uh, a force to be reckoned with uh, as far as getting the gospel work needs to go on time. So, uh, Lord, I pray that you just be with uh, just Holly and Brady as uh, they're just getting closer to the time for the twins to come, that you just give Brady uh, the strength to continue to work and just be with Holly and the babies as uh, it's getting close. Uh, give her strength strength and be with babies as they continue to grow. Uh, Lord, we pray for just Abby and Chris and the things they got going on. I know Chris is traveling this week. Pray be with him and uh, just allow him to uh, just be a good testimony of you uh, while he's out and about. And uh, Lord, we pray for Chris as he's preaching this morning and Lauren, uh, just being at his side and, and just all the different things that are going on, the people that are in the ministry. And uh, God, we know that um, uh, the Pass Point class is all about your work. And so uh, I do uh, thank you for that. And so God, I pray you just uh, speak to us today. Put me out of the way. Uh, my thoughts are kind of really everywhere today, God. And so I pray that you would just uh, really just remove me uh, and allow you to, to speak in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so um, I had one more thing. I was like, oh, I'm going to say that as soon as I get done. Oh, the, uh, the child training class, uh, if you guys missed it, uh, it's on, on, on online from last Wednesday. There's three weeks left, and so uh, it started, it'll be Wednesday night, so uh, be there for that. It's been good. I didn't offend anybody so bad that they left. You know, maybe they won't come back. I don't know, but... Oh, okay. No, I just I was going to ask, can I have the handout? <laughs> well, as soon as I get them done. Okay. So, uh, anyway, uh, so we're in the book of Romans. You guys know that. And so we have almost made it through three chapters. And so my, my plan was to finish up chapter three today. And I even kind of have notes to do that. And that was my goal. Um, but on the way up here, as God does at times, uh, He kind of calls an audible. You guys know what an audible is, right? When you know Pat Mahomes comes to the line and uh, he's like, "That big guy is going to smash me," so I'm going to call an audible so I can go the other way, right? And so uh, it's just basically a change of plans, last minute. Um, and I think that's what I want to do today, uh, and I want to kind of wrap up with what I was going to teach and kind of give you something to study up going into this week, and we'll look at it next week. And um, it's not completely because I'm not prepared. It might have a little bit to do with that, but uh, I'm ready to teach, and so I don't want you to think that it's just. But but what I'm what the last part of chapter three has uh, is really important, uh, and it's it's really good. And I don't really feel like I can do it justice the way that I want to right now uh, without just reading my HBI notes. And that's what I've, as you guys know, I'm teaching Romans and HBI right now as well. And, I've tried my best to keep my HBI stuff separate from my Passpoint stuff because it's a different, it's a different style of teaching, and so uh, I really want to get my head wrapped around it. But 
you know, maybe God had a plan and hold this whole thing anyway, um, because there's a few people in here that haven't been um, really to all uh, of the Roman study yet. And so, uh, I mean, Doug and Pam were in Germany for a few weeks. I know uh, Nick and Kendra have got a million things going on. Uh, hopefully, we can convert uh, Dave and Shannon to maybe come back, and so you know, pull them into the the, the past point cult or, or whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but anyway, so as, as, and some of you guys already know what I'm going to say, and so uh, just just go along for the ride. But Romans, uh, God put Romans on my heart way back when to teach Romans in the first place, and it really didn't have everything to do with the fact that I was going to teach it in HBI. But I've always wanted to teach Romans. I've always felt uh, inadequate to teach Romans, and I still feel that way. But I feel like God has showed me a million things already as we go through it. And so for those of you who don't know, we're, we're kind of doing this as a class study. It's not just me coming in on Sunday mornings and teaching. I'm giving weekly quote-unquote tasks because I can't give homework. Although uh, Abby, who isn't here today, told me I'm going to have to step up my homework game if I'm going to keep up with uh, Jay Bauman from the marriage conference. But anyway... Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not going that route, but I am going to have to to change things a bit. But apparently, he gives cooler homework than I do. But it is what it is. Uh, it's really it's like wow, that's like a shot at the teacher, man. <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> no, we're not teaching Song of Solomon. <laughs> anyway, uh, it was a good time this weekend. But uh, I'm kind of given tasks if anybody wants to do them because I want. I want you guys to be able to take uh, the book of Romans or any book by the time we're done with it and be able to study it for yourself. And so some of you guys uh, are in HBI, right? And some of you guys are, are well on your way to, to doing all this already. But some people, uh, they might be new to the faith. They might be just really desiring to grow in the faith. And I want to make sure that I'm doing my job when I stand before Christ, that I did everything I could to allow you guys to grow. And so I think some people are really enjoying this, right? Uh, like Meredith is um, as a homework guru and I don't give homework but man she she thrives on this and so there's other people in here too but I like to make Meredith feel uncomfortable anytime I can um, but <laughs> but anyway so I'm kind of given tasks we're reading over and over and over again um, but we're also like finding keywords and key uh, phrases and key uh, verses and you know we're memorizing a little bit of stuff uh, as as we go and this is leading towards because some of you guys are thinking and this is actually good to kind of to slow down for a minute and take a week to just breathe um, and to kind of remind you where we're going with this. Because as of now, you guys like already have the homework for this week written down and I haven't even given it because you think you know me, right? But you don't know me and because it's been pretty repetitious. And so anyway, where we're going with this is uh, maybe even being able to break into uh, you know smaller groups at times through the week uh, and do our own side study with it, right? And so I'm not into small groups and whatnot because small groups turn into, well, this is what I think the Bible means and this is what I think the Bible means and we need to know what the Bible means. But at times it's good to bounce things off of one another uh, as long as we have somebody who can be grounded in the Word as we do it. And so it, the goal behind it isn't just keywords and key verses, right? But we've got to get a little ways in before we can backtrack and start outlining and things like that. And so just know up front, and I've told you guys this already, that 
this isn't for uh, everybody. If any, if, you know, if people just want to show up and hear me teach, that's fine. I'll do that. I'll be here every week. But if you want more, this has been good for uh, those who want that. And so that's what the Romans has been so far. And so that just with a quick recap, that's what we've been doing. And so Romans chapters one through like three point six, right? Uh, three or, or uh, two and in two thirds of a chapter, Paul has spent uh, the entire time. Basically, trying to get everybody in the world, no matter who they were, no matter if they were a uh, Jew, whether they were a Gentile, whether they were uh, one of the heathen, whether they were somewhere in between, whether they were uh, black, white, yellow, whatever. It doesn't matter who you were, whether you were uh, a lady and called yourself a man or whatever else, because I think Paul knew that the world was going to get that jacked up at some point. And he spends the first uh, two and two-thirds chapters getting everybody on the same playing field. And so it's taken us... uh, Almost three months, you know, two and a half months to get to this point. And so we know, just as, as, as review, that um, Romans chapter 1, in the very beginning, you know, he gives his introduction like he always does. Uh, the book of Romans has the longest introduction of Paul. It also has the longest conclusion of Paul. We'll get to that here maybe next year sometime in Romans chapter 16. But uh, So he's got all that going on, and he, he goes through the first... Um, the first really 15 verses uh, and just gives his greeting. And then he, he ends it with what I think is one of the coolest things if, if you've got your Bibles in Romans 1, uh, 15. So he goes through all this, Paul, I'm Paul, I'm writing, here's who I'm writing to, I really want to get there. You know, I haven't gotten to Rome, but I know that there's some people there that really want me to get there. I want to get there. But in verse 15, it's really cool because it says, so as, that, as much as in me, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. And if that's not your... Uh, battle cry, then something's something's up in your life. Something's not jiving, right? And so we need to, with everything that's in us, just be ready to preach the gospel. And so what does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to get out and preach to somebody? Well, sometimes, yeah. But you know what that also means? It just means that you're going to live like Christ in front of them. That you're going to have a godly testimony. That you're going to um, really just desire to be different. You know, uh, that's kind of the, the the theme that's been lately. I've been working with some different people and, um, you know, been hanging out with some different people. And, you know, it's just like God is kind of bringing me back to uh, just the the refreshingness, if that's a word, of salvation, right? Because when we got saved in 2008, so I'm not a math major, but I think that was about 12 years ago, right? And so, uh, you know, it's been a minute. And you get so busy in the ministry and the doing and the things that you know you're supposed to be doing that sometimes you just you just get in a get in a groove, right, or a rut, whatever you want to call it, and uh, you you kind of forget just the how refreshing it is that God took your sin and you you don't have to carry that anymore because too often this is what happens, uh, and this is what happens when I don't have notes. I just kind of just rabbit trail, but. Uh, too often, we know that God says, just lay your sin down at the cross uh, and, and follow me. And we're like, yes, and it's refreshing. And so you lay it down, and you're like, okay, I'm going to follow God. And so he turns around and starts walking. And the last thing you do before you start following is just real quick, you, you pick it up and you throw it in your backpack just in case you might need it sometime. And, and you don't pull it back out for a while. And it's not that big of a deal, but it's heavy. Right? And it's not that big of a deal because you're refreshed and things are going good, but, but it's kind of heavy. And after a while, carrying that backpack, right? I remember when we went to Nepal, 
like, we bought this massive backpack. It was like the worst idea in my life because we had to pack this thing, right? And up the mountain, and it gets heavy after a while. And uh, that's what happens with your sin. You carry it along, and then next thing you know, you're stopping to take a break, and it's like, hey, what do I got in my backpack? I'm hungry. Uh, and the next thing you know, you're back into what you laid down. And so it's kind of been a, a refreshing season, per se, just to hear some testimonies of some people and of, of just what salvation does, because too often we, we forget, right? And that's okay. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're ungodly, um, but we need to remember uh, what God did. Right? We had dinner with uh, David and Shannon the other night uh, at the marriage conference. It was just kind of spur of the moment. And it was really cool because I, don't, I can't remember the last time somebody had really just asked about my testimony, you know. It's just, it's been a minute, right? Generally, you just, when you get saved, you, you, you give your testimony a lot, right? You share your testimony a lot, and this, that, and the other. And But it had been a minute, and it was just kind of like, this is, it's good to go back and remember what God did, what God brought me out of. And so too often we're so concerned with what i got to do today, and what ministry is this, and where am I going. And um, it's good to think back to what it was and know that I'm not bound to that anymore. So anyway, it has, I don't know how we got there. This is what happens. But uh, we need to be ready to preach the gospel always, right? And so that was the first part of chapter 1. Then he gives you know, his theological uh, thesis for the book of Romans. Uh, in Romans 16 and 17, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also the Greek. I should have had somebody uh, recite that because remember, you guys memorized that. Everybody memorized that. I know you did, right? What's 17 say, Meredith? She's got this look like, yeah, I memorized it. And, and then I ask her, for therein, for therein is the righteousness. The guy revealed, I got it now. From faith to faith, I got it now. Yeah. So we, we spent a lot of time on those two verses, right? Because you got to get that. And it's from faith to faith. Uh, I was hung up on this faith to faith thing for a long time. Uh, for a few weeks. I mean, it didn't take long to teach through it, but, uh, you know, we're talking about from the faith that it took to get from... The, how much faith did it take to get saved? Did it take a whole bunch of faith? I mean, did it take like this huge leap of faith? I mean, it may have seemed like it, but no. Uh, Jesus says it takes childlike faith, right? Uh, you just got to simply believe, right? And that belief brings action with it, but you just simply believe, right? And so that's the faith he's talking about. And faith to what faith? So you're going from the, the littlest bit of mustard seed faith that it can take to your lifelong goal is to be what? Sanctified. To be Christ-like faith. And so that's when I read that. So obviously doctrinally, and I don't want to go back and reteach this, but when it talks about faith to faith, he's talking about Old Testament faith, how they got saved compared to New Testament faith. But practically, uh, and the way that God really just worked me over on this thing was it didn't take any faith, really, for me to get saved. It was just simple belief. But now it's a lifelong process to have Christ-like faith. Right? And so you're never going to achieve, you're never going to arrive, but that's where we're headed, right? And so that's... Uh, that was kind of that. And then, so that was, that took a little while to get through. And then, so now you jump into the second part of chapter one, all of chapter two, and the first part of chapter three. And that whole breakdown is Paul's way of saying, okay, I know I'm writing to everybody in Rome. And there's a lot of different people in Rome. Maybe like Paul writing a letter, uh, 
to, to Harrisonville. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of people in Harrisonville, right? Uh, it depends on what part of town you go to. Uh, it depends if you're going to get a different group of people, right? It's just the way that it is. And, and no different than any town. You can Rome was uh, one of the biggest cities in the world at this time, and he was wanting to get there. Why? Because he had a message and he wanted to preach it. Like, we should desire to get to the biggest stage just to what? Get the glory? No. No, we should desire the biggest stage so we can, in turn, use it to glorify Christ. Uh, one of the coolest things that I noticed when we were all fired up about the Chiefs, right? And the Chiefs were winning, and you know they they were winning throughout the playoffs, and they win the Super Bowl, and was how a few people on that stage took that opportunity to just thank Christ for what He'd done, right? And so that was that was encouraging to me because then there were other people, right? And we don't expect everybody to live like Christ uh, that didn't have that testimony and, and they didn't act that way. But uh, to hear, you know, Clark Hunt, every time he had the opportunity, not to say, man, it's been 50 years, I can't believe, but every time he was just like, man, I, my faith in God, right? And it was just really cool uh, those times to see that. And So what are you going to do? Right, and so as I go through this, I'm always wanting to to spur uh, action in your life. What are you going to do? Are you going to use those stages in your life, those opportunities in your life? Right, and so I'm, I'm not guessing that you're going to, you know, be on the next Super Bowl team next year. Maybe uh, I'm, I don't know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> what? Bro, I love you. I love you. <laughs> anyway, what stage has God given you? All right, what is it? Is it at work at times? Is it uh, just, just what is it? What stage has God given you? Right? He may give you the stage right there in front of the gas pump uh, next to the guy who's next to you. To uh, what Are you, are you going to use the opportunity? Because every, every time you meet somebody, and you guys know me, I'm not the shove the gospel down your throat kind of guy, but I'm also the guy who's pretty convicted when we don't share it. And so there's got to be somewhere in between that we know what we're called to do and are we doing it. And so are you going to use your stage to glorify God? So anyway, uh, moving on. So he uses the next several chapters uh, to basically get everybody on a level playing field. Because he knows he's writing to Jews. There's Jews in Rome. Did you know that? Yeah, there's Jews in Rome. Very religious Jews. There's also uh, just completely unreligious, don't believe, don't care. You know, we call those the heathen in Rome. You know, you ever met anybody like that? Uh, I don't care about God and I don't care what you got to say. And it's like, okay, you know, get after it, buddy. You know, I've always said that. Like, if, if you're... If, if you're going to if you if you have your claim to fame and the fact that you're lost and you have no desire to follow Christ and you you aren't going to follow and really all you're ever going to do is blaspheme when I try to share it, then man, you better have a good time while you're here because this is the only time you got. You know, if, I, I'm serious. Like, it, you, some people are like, man, you shouldn't act like that. Man, if I'm going to be lost, I'm going to have a good time doing it because this is the only fun that I got. I've got eternity to look forward to to have a good time. Right, and so that's why I hold myself to a higher standard. But if this is all I've got, man, you better have a good time while you're here, because you know the the, the saying that I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a party in hell with my buddies. That's not gonna work, right? It doesn't work like that. Uh, something out of my, you know, that I've heard people say that, right? Well, yeah, I might be going to hell, but so are all my buddies, and we'll have a party when we get there. Uh, you want to know what kind of party you're gonna have? Uh, go home tonight, 
or if you really want to do like a, a life example right now, I mean, we can set this up. There's a stove in here. Go turn the burner on high and lay your hand on that burner and tell me how much partying you're doing because your entire body's going to be like that, right? Is there a party going on there? No. So don't give me that. But if you're going to be lost, you better live like you're lost and have a good time doing it. But man, we know that there's eternity coming for us, and so we, we don't we don't do that. So anyway, there's there's basically three different groups of people that he addresses uh, in in the first part of Romans to get everybody to where we're at that we're going to jump into next week. He so he had to basically get everybody on a level playing field. Nobody's better than anybody else, like they thought they were. And so the first group that he uh, addresses in the second part of Romans chapter one, really the rest of the chapter. We call the heathen, right? The the ones who uh, didn't care uh, what you had to say. I was, you know, we're just living like hell, right? And so we we talked about, uh, really, Paul talked about, you know, let's get into some of the some of the real sins here, right? You know, and we know that no sin is worse than any other sin. But he's like, if we're gonna if we're gonna, you know, do the who's who of uh, who sins the worst, let's talk about, um, uh, you know. We know what Romans chapter one talks about, right? Uh, you know, let's talk about the homosexuals. Let's talk about the the really wicked sin, right? And see so how he does, and he addresses it. But then at the end of the day, he's like, you know what? You're just lost, and that's okay. You're just lost. And so he condemns the heathen in chapter one, right? At the second part of chapter one. So he's like, he gets it done. So then we get to chapter two, and everybody who isn't the heathen, they're like, yeah, man, get them, Paul. They needed to hear that. They're wicked. Well, then he rolls right into the first verse of chapter 2 for those who were like, yeah, get him, Paul. And here's what he says. Therefore thou art an inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. So if you were like, man, I can't believe those people live like that. You know what that is? That's judging them. And he's like, you're inexcusable as well. He rolls one verse into chapter 2 and he's like, just in case you thought you were any better, uh, so in the first half of chapter 2, he addresses who? Somebody tell me. Uh, we, we gave them a title. I, I know somebody's been here. Right, yeah. And so we, we address the, what we call the white-collar sinners, right? The quote-unquote good sinners, the, if there is such a thing, there's not. Um, the, uh, the, the self-righteous, uh, I'm not as bad as them. At least I'm not as bad as my neighbor, right? At least I mow my lawn and coach my kid's ball team, right? You know, uh, I, I'm, I'm at least better than them, right? We, so Paul addresses the... The good that I, I hate calling them good sinners, the the white collar sinners, right? Uh, they're they're a little more sophisticated with their sin, right? Well, guess what? Paul had something to say to them, and he basically goes through for the first fifteen verses of chapter two, and he goes through and he he condemns them as well. And so you might be like, man, Paul's really on everybody's case. No, Paul's not on everybody's case. Paul is trying to level the playing field, right? Because this is what happens. We like to put ourselves in tears, right? And we like to say, well, we're not like that, but we are. You know, you go to India and you basically are born into a caste system. And uh, depending on how well you lived in your past life, uh, that gets you in the caste that you're in this life. And so uh, I know that's crazy, but like if you did really well uh, as a dog in your past life, then maybe you can jump up a few and actually be a human in this caste. And but if you don't do very good, then you might be you know, a cow in your next life. And it's, it's completely messed up, right? But that's completely what they believe. That's 
Hinduism. Okay, but anyway, you're born into a caste, you know, and so you're either uh, wealthy, rich, all these different things, or you're born into the untouchables, right? And you live in a slum, and there's no hope of getting out, you know. So don't try to work hard because it's not going to do you any good. And so that's why the gospel's so freeing to people there, because you go into the slums and you're like, man, through Christ you can be anything you want, and they're just like amazed at that. So anyway. I don't know how I got on to India. Uh, these people like uh, put themselves in classes the same way that we do. Well, at least I'm not as bad as my wicked brother. right? I was telling David this the other night. He asked me, he's like, who got saved first, you or your brother? I'm like, well, obviously I did. I'm way more righteous than he is. right? <laughs> I just didn't get caught for everything that he did. Uh, but anyway, uh, it's... We did. He was like, uh, I was a sinner, but I wasn't that bad of a sinner, right? And so that's, I was, I'm like, he was wicked, dude. And so I even, I've, I've told you guys this story a hundred times probably that, you know, he was that person in my life that it was like, man, that's awesome that I got saved, but there ain't no way that guy's getting saved. I mean, he's just, he's, un, he's untouchable. It ain't happening. Right? And so what did God do? It was one of those kisses from God. You know, very soon after I got saved, he was like, be careful on uh, assuming that there's nobody that I, there's somebody that I can't save. And so what did he do? You know, he saves my brother. He, Walks through, you know, growing up in the Lord with me, uh, and then now he's out, you know, preaching right now, and you know, so it's like, praise God, man, you know, God can do anything. So don't ever, I know everybody's got that person. It's like, well, that person, you know, they're never going to get it. Yeah, my person who was never going to get it's preaching right now. So, um, you know, just I'm not saying, I'm just saying that's how it works. So, um, so anyway, they're in different classes. He he addresses the 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 heathen, then he goes into the well, at least I take my kids to ball practice center, right? At least I coach my kids' ball team center. At least I, uh, you know, don't beat my wife in public center. You know, we might do it at home, but, you know, we don't do it in the public or, you know, whatever it is. You know, the, the I'm at least better than them kind of center, right? Guess what? Paul's like, hey, you're in the same boat. And they're like, really? Man, that's a bad deal. So that leaves one other group of people. It's the Jews, right? And the Jews, the entire time that Paul... Uh, is, is addressing the heathen, right? And then he gets into the, the better, quote-unquote, sinners that still aren't Jews, but they at least think highly of themselves. And the Jews are sitting in the background, and they're just like, yeah, Paul, you get them, right? They need this, right? They've got to learn that the law is the only way to get there. The law is the only way. They're not God's chosen people. They ain't never going to get it, right? And so Paul's like, hey, can we talk? <laughs> you know, I know that you're real happy that I just condemned all these people, but I got a couple things to say to you. And they're like, okay, what? Well, we're doing a good job, aren't we? He's like, well... And then I use the analogy of like a boxer. He starts throwing haymakers, man. He like just lays in to the Jews, hardcore, for the rest of chapter 2, from uh, verse 17 through the end of the chapter. And he just basically... You know what he says? He basically says, hey, do you want to know why the heathen are acting like they are? It's because of you. You want to know why the world's in the shape that it's in? It's because of you. You want to know why? It's because of you. And they're like, what? And so he lays it on them. And so I compared that to the fact that obviously we're not Jewish, right? But we are quote-unquote religious. And I know I hate that term as well. But we are the ones who know the will of God. And that's what it says. And he's like, you know, you guys know the will of God. We know better. We've been given the word. God is, you know, they had been given the law. This is what you should and shouldn't do. And obviously, they didn't catch on that they couldn't keep the law. But anyway, um, he's like, you've been given something. We've been given this word. We know better. Okay? And so, you want to know why the world is out there living like hell? It's because you know better and you aren't telling them to do anything different. Right? Your lifestyle isn't telling them that, you know, 
church or uh, in Christ. You know, I don't like to say that church is the place to go. Really, Christ is the place to go. You're not telling them any different by the way that you live. And sometimes that means you got to speak it, and sometimes that means you got to live it. You know, and sometimes it's both. But anyway, so he he basically just lays on the Jews, and he just basically says, "You want to know why we're in the boat that we're in? It's because of y'all." And so he condemns the heathen first, the quote-unquote good sinner, and then he gets into the Jews, and he lays into them, right? And so he has basically broken everybody down to what? Well, what is the point then? And in the beginning of chapter 3, the Jews had a few more questions because they're like, are you sure, Paul? Are you sure that this is the case? So there was like 11 questions that the Jews had for Paul because they're like, what is the point then? You know, what, what is the point of this and what is the point of that and why are we even doing this? And, you know, remember they even said, uh, I was telling, uh, I was... I really like working with brothers in Christ as opposed to just you know just working because uh, it was really cool. We were tearing down uh, Tyler and Jennifer's house this week. It burned, and so uh, we're in the middle of all this. And I'm like, it's just cool how things come to your mind. I'm like, Tyler, you know something I never noticed when we're going through Romans when we went through it in HBI and all these different things. And I'm like, these knotheads in chapter three thought that they were doing God a favor by living like hell. And and he's like, I know, you know, but it's just it's just sometimes it's really cool to just work around brothers in Christ that where just out of the blue it's just like, man, you know what God showed me in the word? It's just nuts. But they even have the audacity to be like, you know, we're really just doing God a favor by living like this because uh our bad's making him look really good. Right? And without our bad, he really wouldn't look as good. That'd be like, you know, my dirty truck parked to your clean one, parked next to your clean one, makes your clean one look really good. But it also makes mine look really dirty. That's just the way it works, right? Uh, and so it's going to rain and it's getting ready to get bad again. It's finally been dry for you know a few days and it's like, praise Jesus, but now it's going to rain and it's going to get bad again. But that's what they're, they're like, hey, Paul, are you sure that this is, this is our bad? Because really, we're making God look good. My my ugliness makes God look pretty, right? Uh, my sin makes God look holy. And so I'm just helping the guy out. So they go through this and Paul's like, hey, okay, this is nonsense, right? This is complete nonsense. you got to stop because uh, you're you're basically making a fool of yourself. No, your sin does not help God out. Like they, even ask, they ask him like four different times in different wording. Like, are you sure? Because, you know, God looks pretty holy when I look pretty dirty. And he's like, no, dummy, don't. That's not like that, right? So stop it. And... So he goes through those 11, cha- or 11 questions in the first part of chapter 3. Uh, and then we get into what we talked about last week. And I know we're getting close to where we're at because I want to kind of give you uh, some, some things to think about before next week. Uh, so the, la- this, the, the middle part of chapter 3, he says, What then? Are we better than they? No and no wise, for we have uh, before proved that both the Gentiles, they're all under sin. So he boils it all boils it all down. It doesn't matter if you're Jew, if you're Gentile, right? He goes through and he's like, "Hey, I know that there's going to be some people uh, in in the year 2020 that are not going to classify as Jew, Gentile, uh, boy, girl, or anything anywhere in between. They're going to just, uh, you know, they're going to use the bathroom in the middle because you know they, you know, they can do whatever they want, right? And so whatever. That's it's a it's a mess, guys. It's it's a mess. <laughs> but he's like, "Hey, just in case you're wondering." 
just in case I missed you somehow and my condemnation of the world, just in case I missed you, let me let me show you something. And that was last week. And we, he's just like, just in case somehow you you think you got missed here. And he goes through and he's like, the you, you know what you are. You're just as lost as everybody else. I don't care what you call yourself. Boy, girl, man, woman, husband, father, wife, whatever. You can call yourself whatever title you want. You know what I'm going to call you? Sinner. And that's what you are. And so they're kind of like, man. And so that is what the first three, two and then, I say three, two and two-thirds of a chapter have been. Paul basically introduced himself and he got right to work. And he basically took everybody, every tier of society and said, you know what? You all got the same problem. You're all in the same boat and we need to talk. Right? Paul wrote this letter not to condemn them. He had something to say and he's getting ready to start saying it. But you know, he had to do this first. He had to take almost three full chapters to break everybody down so that they could hear it. It's almost like when God's trying to get a hold of your life. You know, as a lost person, uh, I remember this in my life. He had to continually break me down, break me down, break me down, because what? When you're completely at a broken state, that's when you realize I can't do it on my own. So fine, God, if you want it, you can have it. And then I'll, and miraculously, you know, the pieces begin to build back together. Right? And that goes back to the, man, salvation is sweet, guys. It really is. And so he spent all this time breaking everybody down. You might be like, man, this is, does, does it really matter if you're Jew or Gentile? Does it really matter if you're heathen? Or It does because in our minds we think we're better than the next guy. And so he boils it all down. In Romans 3.23, right? And we haven't even really quite got there yet, but he boils it all down. This is what he has got it to. If you don't have this verse memorized, man, you ought to. What is it? So, right. For y'all have sinned, right? Uh, he's from the South. He's like, y'all have sinned, right? There ain't, it don't matter if you're from the... It, it don't matter what language you speak. All means all. Uh, just write it in there, right? Uh, y'all have sinned. Uh, it doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter what standard you hold yourself to. It doesn't matter what you think good is, right? Because that's what happens. We all like to say, uh, you know, truth is relative and it all depends on what you believe, right? Well, I believe that this, it says this and so, but I don't like that Bible version because it, you know, condemns my sins, so I'll jump onto this one. Or I don't like what that religion, you know, says or denomination says, so I'm going to jump over to that one. And well, then that one, the whole church doesn't like what they say, so they're just going to break away. And I mean, that's, that's the world we live in. Right? If you don't like what that one says, just go down the street. Okay? Well, guess what? We do have a standard. It's in your 1611 King James Bible. That is the standard. If you want to debate that, come on. I'm ready. Um, this is where we're at. And this is the standard we're going to hold ourselves to because it's God's standard. Right? And so there is no truth is relative, right? You might say, well, I, I don't care if you believe it's sunny outside or not. I think it's raining. Well, hey, dummy, look outside. It's not raining. Well, I mean, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's true, right? It doesn't mean it's not true. You know, it doesn't, I, I use the analogy, just because you don't believe that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl doesn't mean it's not true. They did, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you believe it or not. Truth is truth. That is the case. And so that is what Paul spent all this time showing you that, guess what? Truth is truth. This is where we're at. This is the boat we're in. I'm not any better than you are. 
And that's when they really got it because Paul was a Jew. Paul was like a Jew of Jews. He was, he was on fire, right? And he's like, guess what? I'm not any better either. We are all in the same boat. We're all screwed, right? It's just the way it is. We're all in trouble. There's nothing we can do about it. And so he gets everybody to this point. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why did he do that? He spent all this time... Because he, he didn't just write a letter to write a letter, right? Nobody just... Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but generally, people don't just write a letter just for the heck of it, right? There's been some... Anyway, it doesn't matter. People don't just you know write a letter for the heck of it. Like, hey, I just want to write a letter, so it sounds like a good idea, right? No, we send them a three-word text. It's way better. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Paul wrote these guys a letter because he wanted he had something to say. And we're getting ready to get to what he had to say. We're getting ready to get to the good. But man, he had to show you how bad you were so you understood that you didn't take his good and say, well, oh, he's only talking about these people. He broke everybody down to show them you all need what I'm getting ready to say. You all need to understand what's coming. Right? And so that's why we use the book of Romans. That's why we got the Romans road to salvation, right? And, you know, anytime you're, generally when you're leading somebody to Christ, what? You go to like five verses in Romans just because it's like bam, 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 bam. It's right there. You know, you can use any part of the Bible to, to share the gospel, but it's really easy in Romans because Paul breaks it down for you. He breaks you down to the very first point of the Romans road, right? Romans 3.23, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Now, it took me almost three months to get across that point. You, that's, that's, that's easy. When you're meeting with somebody, and it's like, hey, brother, you know, I know you think you're good, but guess what? You're not. And it's not your fault, right? You were born with it. It is what it is, right? Some people are born with you know, ten fingers. Some people are born with nine. It's just what you were born with. You were born with sin. It is what it is. You know, some of us cut them off in table saws. It is what it is, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. You were born this way for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. We're all in the same boat. Now I've got something to say. And so that gets us to where we're at. And so I want you to this week, I know you were like, well, I was already reading chapter 4 because I was so excited about it. Well, that's still fine. So this week, huh? I just meant in general. No. So as far as task, if you want to task this week, um, so I want you to read the entire book of Romans once. That's what we've been doing, you know. And so it's like that's not it's 16 chapters, right? So that's not very many chapters a day. Um, I'm not even going to tell you to read chapter three five times like I have been, right? But I do want you to focus on the last from basically verse 21 to verse 31. Ten verses in Romans chapter three, and I want you to look at this because you're going to notice Paul's tone changes very quickly. Well, how do we know that? Because it starts with the word but. He's like, but, after all of what I just said, but, I've got something to show you. Right? And so I want you to look at it, and I've got ten phrases that I'm going to show you next week. And see if you can find them. Ten phrases that Christ used to change your life forever. And basically from verse 21 to 31. Right? He uses ten phrases, and we're going to get them to him next, next week. But I want you to actually do a little bit of Bible study on your own, as opposed to me doing it for you. Uh, and we'll talk about it a little bit before I get started next week. But he uses ten phrases, and I know he uses really, we call them church words, right? Uh, righteousness and propitiation and you know sanctification, all these things. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't understand. You don't have to understand. We'll break it down, right? 
Paul likes to use uh, tongue twisters and things that seem confusing, all right, because he wants to know if you're really willing to study it out and see what he's saying, right? And so there's ten phrases in there that Christ uses to change your life forever. And so that's what I want to get into next week, but that's kind of what I want you to do this week. I want you to study it out. I want you to find them, right? And we'll get them to them next week. So now everybody's caught up. I wanted to kind of just slow down for a minute because remember, first of the year, I'm like, hey, we're going we're gonna to change things up a little bit. Generally, you come in here and I just shoot you the word as hard as I can for you know, 40, 45 minutes and then it's like, okay, come back next week. Um, but I want to make sure that we as a class are getting as much out of this as we can. Um, I want to make sure that we're doing you know, ministry together. We're doing all these things together. And so I wanted to, I was on my way up here and I was kind of convicted because it's like, I've been, I've been pushing my family hard this year already. You know, it's only March and it's like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the, the leader that pushes too hard, right? And so if it means that we need to slow down a little bit and make sure everybody's getting this and everybody's getting the most out of it, then that's what we can do. And so that's why I was convicted. I'm like, why don't we just slow down a minute? You know, if you, Jason, don't have time to to process, then does everybody else? And maybe you all were ready, but I wasn't. And so uh, I don't want to push too hard, but I do want as a class to serve together. So just know now that you know we're at the end, uh, we have some things coming up where I, I desire for you guys to serve together. You know, and I know that Passpoint isn't all in this room right now, but you guys do a good job of catching the recordings, right? And so, you know, if you're in the ministry or whatnot, um, there's things coming up. You know, there's let's help Mitchell and Jody with this this vision conference thing coming up because that's a lot of work, right? And so, if you never showed up, they would do it and they wouldn't say anything about it because that's the kind of people they are. But you know what else they would do if you did show up? They would they would give you all the glory for it, right? And then in turn, you can give God the glory for it. Show up and help them, right? VBS uh, is coming up. I know that seems like forever out. Chris and Lauren have taken that on, and they're like, you know, okay, yes, here am I, send me. Well, you know what we're going to do? Uh, here are we. We're Passpoint. Uh, send us. You know, what can we do to help? Just here, here am I. Use me. And so I, I, the vision conference is like four weeks away. Is it four? Three or four weeks away. The vision conference every year is kind of like our... This is what we're going to hold to, right? And so be praying about that. Be praying about what God's going to do in your life. Um, because God used a vision conference for me. I told David this the other night. Uh, it was sitting at a vision conference. I think it was like a Tuesday night, right? You know, the, the, nobody comes on Tuesday night. You know, they, they come maybe Monday and then they skip Tuesday to come back on Wednesday to finish up. And it's like, I remember breaking down right there and just being like, God, if you're going to, whatever it is, send me. I'll sell everything I got. I'll load up my family and we'll go. Whatever it is, I don't care. And that was that was when I like to to say I quote unquote gave my life to missions, you know. And if that means the mission is here forever, but but God knows that I was serious. Um, and the scary part is my wife is as serious as I am, so it's like I don't have that holding me back. So it's just like waiting on God to say go. And so be ready, be willing. I know that you know that's the time of year when things get crazy and work's crazy and um i mean you ain't telling me nothing about work being crazy praise god um make time for it because it's coming um and so i wanted to take a minute uh and slow down look at where we've been know where we're going and you know just know some of the things that god's got for us as a class coming forward because I don't make anything happen. And Paige doesn't make anything happen, but we as a group corporately make a lot of things happen. And so, uh, because God allows us to. And so, that's what I got. Uh, wasn't really super uh, teachy today, but I wanted to get everybody back on 
level ground, right? And so really, it's just now time to start announcements. So my head is not right with this time change. So uh, let's pray and we'll get going. Father God, I love you. Thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for just loving us. Uh, Lord, I do thank you for the Passpoint class and uh, just for what it means. Uh, Lord, you've called us to go past the point of no return for Christ. Uh, you've called us to not just have one foot in the world and one foot out of the world, but to, to be past that point, to be uh, ready and willing to do whatever you call us to do, whenever you call us to do it. So, Lord, I do pray that you would just use us. Um, Lord, just uh, uh, use us this week. Use us uh, as lights in a dark world that we would uh, be ready to preach the gospel to whoever it is. Um, that's where we need to be, God. And so maybe that's the... Maybe that phrase right there is why we, we, we parked it and, and backed up this week. And so, God, I do pray that, that we are ready. And so, Lord, I pray that as we study uh, this week individually, uh, that we could just see how the tone of Romans changes uh, here in verse 21. That we would see the but and and what you have coming for us, Lord. And so I pray that you would just really bless our Bible study time this week, that we would just get close to you. Um, just use us this week, uh, Lord, that we would just give you all the honor and the glory. Pray uh, just uh, to bless your word as Brian preaches it this morning, that it would just be bold and powerful uh, in Christ's name. Amen.